NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR Grassroots Racing is full throttle every week on Flow Racing, where you can stream over 1,300 events live and on demand and access exclusive coverage. Subscribe to Flow today to see NASCAR legends, past, present, and future, go head-to-head with hometown heroes at tracks like Bowman Gray, Meridian, South Boston, and more. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Chase Elliott takes the white flag. Next flag ends it. Elliott the leader. The new tire strategy is not going to pay off. Chase Elliott on the oldest rubber in town makes his way off turn number two for the final time. Here they come now out of two. Chase Elliott final time. Five car lengths ahead of Kurt Busch. He'll bring it into three. Drop it to the bottom of the racetrack looking for the checkered flag. And the day and the night is over. Checkered flag at the start finish line. Here comes Chase Chase Elliott, his second win of 2022. Chase Elliott scores the win in the Ally 400 at the Nashville Super Speedway. Didn't want to see that caution come out, obviously, but we did, and and I was able to get a good restart. Appreciate Ryan giving me a great push. Uh, he, he does a does a really good job with that. So I was really hoping he was going to choose my lane because I knew his lane was probably going forward. But uh, just uh, appreciate the effort, everybody at Hendrick Motorsports and. Chevrolet and Napa, all our partners, we have a great group, and this is uh, a big deal to win here in Nashville. Pretty special. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you as we get ready for 4th of July weekend with a trip to Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Got lots coming your way on the show today. Had a chance to visit with Ross Chastain over the weekend. Winston Kelly and Ross went one-on-one. They covered a lot of material. You're going to hear that in today's show. A major figure in NASCAR's history, Bruton Smith, passed away last week. We will honor his life and achievements. Championship winning crew chief Todd Gordon is going to join us. He's going to give us his assessment on the season so far and a preview into racing at Road America this weekend. Plus, 
We'll also give you a history of Road America that is in the heart of America. Matter of fact, America's Dairyland coming up this weekend. We're going to preview the holiday race weekend and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation to get us started. Kyle? Mike, perhaps the biggest news out of the weekend comes from the JGR camp, with Martin Truix Jr. announcing his return to the number 19 car for the 2023 season. Truex Jr. had been holding his cards close to his chest, leaving many to speculate that he would retire at the end of the season. However, next season will be Truex Jr.'s 18th full-time year in the NASCAR Cup Series and his sixth driving for coach Joe Gibbs. In other contract news out of the weekend, JTG Doherty Racing and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. have announced a multi-year deal, keeping that partnership together. Driver of the number 47 car has already matched his top five total from last year and has surpassed his top 10 total from 2021 as well, warranting the new deal. And now looking ahead to Road America this weekend, the NASCAR Xfinity Series is stacked with cup talent and road course ringers. Kyle Larson will be piloting the number 17 car for Hendrick Motorsports. The first time Hendrick has fielded a car in the Xfinity Series since 2009 and it's the first entry of three this season. Also in the field from the Cup Series are the familiar faces of Cole Custer and Ty Dillon. Road course regulars such as Miguel Paluto and Andy Lally are also in the field trying to score the win. And the Verizon top performer of the weekend was Chase Elliott. He went to Victory Lane in Nashville and got the job done. Brought to you by Verizon. Verizon's best phone offer is now for every customer current, new, everyone. To show love, Verizon, proud partner of NASCAR. Coming up, Ross Chastain and Winston Kelly sat down over the weekend in Nashville to talk about the successes of Trackhouse Racing this year. Plus, later, we'll have the history of Road America. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Trackhouse Racing is the hottest team right now. Both their drivers have been to victory lane, and every week they are contenders. A familiar voice in Winston Kelly joined MRN this past weekend in Nashville and stopped and chatted with Ross about his journey to the top. Here they come, racing in the trioval. And Kurt Busch is in the middle lane. They're crashing behind him. Kurt Busch, hard into the outside wall. Bubba Wallace into the wall, steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. Ross Chastain avoided a couple of crashes coming to the line. He picks up the win in the Geico 500. Your journey to the Cup Series has been what I'd call maybe non-traditional. It's not been linear by any stretch of the imagination. When you think back on that journey, how would you describe it? Oh, Mr. Winston, we don't have enough work. We don't have enough tape here to, to record the, the journey. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it was a, a hobby. I started out uh, at 12 years old. I was around 2005 and and just kept chasing a hobby and just having fun with it around Florida short tracks and then 
made one truck start in 2011, uh, a big effort on my family and I's part in the, in the ag industry to put up the, the sponsorship and then did okay. So then we put up four more races and then we did most of a season the next year and partial season the next. And then that's when it really, uh, going into 2014 was where I kind of had to figure it out on my own. And that's where it got tough. Um, when you're when you live in Mooresville and you don't have any sponsorship, you, you, you feel pretty useless. So um, from there until now, to think about the, the path and the teams I've driven for, and a random lunch encounter at a at a restaurant in Mooresville, and, and see a crew chief, and he says, "Oh, well, this weekend our driver's running trucks. He can't run the Xfinity car," and that's how I got my first Xfinity start. And then racing against guys, <clears throat> and then see, have owners come to me and want me to drive. Um, to then later not want me to drive and it's just <clears throat> right people are people are coming with with sponsorship and money and um it's it's uh, part of the game but now i'm just a race car driver i'm not a sponsor finder or anything dropping back here comes chastain after a push from grant infinger he'll lead by two truck lengths in turn four john hunter nemechek went three wide to the bottom but he's not going to get there off turn four checkered flag in the air ross chastain wins the north carolina education lottery 200 in a dramatic three wide double overtime finish this coming week it'll be a year that it was announced that Trackhouse was going to acquire chip ganassi racing if I would have told you then where you'd be today with two wins, what would you have told me? Off your rocker, sir. <laughs> and I mean that in all due respect. It's no way. I'm just not, I'm not supposed to be here, right? I'm supposed to, like, my niche was going to be back of the cup garage, maybe mid to, to B plus Xfinity cars. I thought I could work my way to, um, and, you know, I thought, I thought I would have made it when I didn't have to worry about having all sticker tires and having a good motor but you know probably wouldn't have the best car in the xfinity series and then cup just just being in the race I, my whole goal was just be in the cup garage for a while until i get tired of it and it's a grind when i was driving for jay robinson and premium motorsports and uh drove some races for spire in their 77 car it's it's a grind that's that's so challenging you one you don't want to be on camera because that means you've wrecked or gotten in the way of somebody and driving a slow car is way harder than driving a fast car and i cannot overstate that enough um, how much easier it is now to go through a race running inside the top 10 versus running 33rd it's so challenging um so wouldn't believe you but would hope you're right once we walked away from each other but wouldn't have believed you Every year leading into the season, I always say they're going to be good surprises in the playoffs, winners, and they're going to be guys on the outside looking in and say, I didn't figure that. I don't think there's anybody in the garage area that would debate track house racing is the positive surprise of 2022. What would you attribute that to? The people. It's wild to think we're in the same building that CGR was. I was only there for one year in the cup car, but I was there for several years in their Xfinity car and reserve driver, whatever you want to call it, sim driver um, over the last few years for Kurt and Kyle and then Matt. And, you know, it's it's uh, to watch that shop and to, you know, I've walked in there as the new guy for the Xfinity car. I've walked in there as a winner in the Xfinity series. I've walked in that shop as just having our... Well, I walked in there as at the Christmas party in 2018, and Nick Harvey stood up and said, Ross, stand up, and 
He said, there's your 2019 Xfinity Series champion. We're going to go win. And he was the Xfinity Series director for CGR. And then a few weeks later, we shut the team down. DC Solar goes away. And those were bad days walking in that shop. A lot of people got had to be let go. That whole Xfinity team got disbanded. But walked back in as driver of the 42 car and now to be driver of the one car. And it's wild that a lot of the same people are there. The workflow is completely different. The next-gen cars completely changed the way race cars move about that shop. Used to, with CGR, it was square tubing and round tubing came in. Sheet metal came in the door. And then race cars went out. And they assembled and built. They manufactured, designed everything right there. Now we buy parts. They deliver them to us, and we assemble them. We're not welding or grinding or painting anything. So it's changed, but I just put it to the people that we had the people, and we kept the sharper end of the stick on a lot of people and um justin has came in with a uh you know i mean this is his passion this is his first go at cup racing and from what i've looked at and i've watched going into last year when i was going to driving for chip i looked at a lot of old videos and a lot of old interviews of him and 20 years ago when chip ganassi came into the cup series you could, I mean, it's like you could see Justin now as Chip was then. And 20 years is a long time in this sport. That's, they're like dog years <laughs> on this circuit. They count more than one year. I think you can attest to that. And, um, yeah, I see Justin just as this positive light. And, and Ty Norris stood up in front of everybody before the season and said, look, you guys are who we've chosen to be here. If you don't want to be here, you do not have to. You can gladly leave. But if you believe in this next-gen car and you believe in our vision – stay with us and we'll do some great things and i don't even know if we believe we win three races in the first 16 races where is ross chastain as a driver where do you feel like you are strengths things you still looking to improve on i i come to the track every week and i never feel like i've prepared enough i don't feel like even with the wins we've had and in the competitive races that that i've done enough um so i'm always always chasing being more prepared so the list is limit is endless really um and i sometimes i wish i had a little bit more feeling of of confidence that i'm where i I need to be but there's just i've never ran the perfect race lap i've never driven a race car around a racetrack in my life perfectly and i want to do that one day and until i do that i don't think i'll be satisfied how do you assess the playoff perspective and strengths for you and your team in those 10 races to make it to the final four yeah, I can only really rely on half of what I half of my my uh, prep is what I've done. So I've d- I've done a playoff run in trucks and Xfinity, um, and made mistakes along the way in both of those when I didn't need to, and I'm gonna hopefully learn from that. And then the other part is just being open to experiencing it. Trackhouse is gonna go into the playoffs with two drivers and cars and teams competing as one that are gonna go compete. But we can't rest on what we've done earlier. It's it's a reset. Um, and just experiencing it, I think, just living in the moment and realizing that in the, in each of those races, all 10 of those, that there's going to be opportunities to, to mess up. There's going to be opportunities to take advantage of things in a good way. And there's going to be opportunities that are very advantageous that are not worth taking. And just take the, take the soft win today. Don't go for the big checkered flag. And live to fight another day and 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 don't end up uh taking ourselves out let, let's probably hopefully let somebody else 
somebody's going to take us out, I would hope it's somebody else and not me because that's going to be hard to live with. Thank you, Winston. Always good to have WRK on our airwaves. Coming up, we'll honor Bruton Smith and later the history of Road America. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. The NASCAR community lost a giant in NASCAR recently. That gentleman's name, Bruton Smith. He helped build NASCAR to what it is today in more than one way. Susie Armstrong takes us through the legacy of Bruton Smith. NASCAR lost one of its legends on Wednesday as Bruton Smith, founder of Speedway Motorsports, NASCAR Hall of Famer, and industry titan, passed away at the age of 95. Born Olin Bruton Smith in 1927, Smith grew up in humble beginnings in Oakboro, North Carolina, 30 miles from the city where he would build his motorsports empire's headquarters. Smith's first introduction to racing came in his teen years. My uh, first entry into it, I guess, was when I was 17 and I bought a race car. I think that was my first entry into it, so I've been around here for a while. He claimed to have beaten legends like Buck Baker and Joe Weatherly on the track, but fate, or rather his mother, intervened. She didn't want her son racing and began to pray. Believing he couldn't fight God and his mom, Smith gave in and turned to race promotion. Smith formed his own stock car racing association in direct competition with Big Bill France's NASCAR. By 1950, Smith and France discussed a merger, but the Korean War intervened, drafting the would-be partner into the military. Following his service, Smith began promoting races at the Charlotte Fairgrounds in the mid-1950s, still competing for drivers and attention with NASCAR. That sometimes contentious relationship continued for decades. According to two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and Hall of Famer Ned Jarrett, the Smith-France clashes were actually healthy for the sport. He was, I think, a big challenge to NASCAR and to the France family along the way, and I think that's one of the best things that could happen to the sport because he made them better, uh, made them do things better. And so it was good that they had that rivalry going on. Bruton Smith single-handedly turned Charlotte, North Carolina into the pseudo-capital of the NASCAR world. Partnering with 2016 Hall of Fame classmate Curtis Turner and others, Smith broke ground on Charlotte Motor Speedway in 1959, hosting the World 600 in 1960, one of NASCAR's signature events. Night racing at a mile-and-a-half track, luxury suites, condos, and other innovations were all a part of Smith's drive to make racing bigger and better. Former track president Humpy Wheeler reflected on the grandeur of Charlotte Motor Speedway. The Charlotte area is grand central for, for NASCAR racing, and so we should have a track that epitomizes that, and I think Charlotte certainly does. So the fact that, you know, he and Curtis Turner started it together and then lost it and then came back, he came back, not Curtis, really did a good job of building a heck of a track with it. 
Smith was a key figure during NASCAR's expansion in the 1990s as the sport grew from a southeast-driven phenomenon to one with national appeal. Smith oversaw the creation of speedways in new markets, such as Dallas-Fort Worth, and promoted races at upgraded facilities spanning from Sonoma, California, and Las Vegas eastward to Loudoun, New Hampshire, and Dover, Delaware. Smith was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2016 for his contributions to the sport, forever cementing his legacy as one of the great motorsports innovators. I guess when you're inducted into these things, I've previously I've been inducted to three halls of fame, and uh, it's, um, it's a worthy thing, and it makes you feel very proud and thankful for what you've been able to do and thankful for the people that support you and those type of things. And so uh, I'm sure that this will be the biggest of, the, of what's happened to me before, if that's occurs and so we were just going down the road and help to build this great sport that I love. While Smith developed a healthy rivalry with the France family as he was rising in the NASCAR ranks, he was widely respected by his contemporaries. Like Smith, Hendrick Motorsports founder Rick Hendrick set up roots in the Charlotte area. Like many others, Hendrick understood the significance of winning at Smith's signature Charlotte event. For me, uh, Charlotte is home too and it's uh, uh, been friends with Bruton for a long time and and we always get him about like taking his money but uh, you know the uh, the fact that it's here and the shops only a mile away and my first win here was with Robert G my first NASCAR win was on the, in, in 83 and in, uh, in, in the Bush series so this this is a special place for me uh, I mean it ranks up there with Daytona and Indianapolis to win in Charlotte is really special. It's it's home, and anytime we can accomplish something that someone else hasn't, uh, it's it's a rewarding to the organization. Fellow Hall of Famer Ned Jarrett believes that no other figure had an equal impact on NASCAR. He is, has as far as facilities, promotional. He has done more for the sport, in my opinion, than any other individual because of the the leadership that he has shown as far as uh, the amenities at the racetrack for the fans. I think that it caused other track owners and operators to open their eyes and, and see what the sport really needed and what could be good for the sport. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he was a trailblazer as far as that part was concerned. Survived by his sons, Scott, Marcus, David, and daughter, Annalisa, Smith leaves behind the legacy of a true NASCAR pioneer, visionary, and innovator, whose contributions to the sport will continue to live on forever through the hearts and minds of all who continue to build, support, and cherish NASCAR. Thank you, Susie. And on behalf of all of us here on the Motor Racing Network, our thoughts and prayers go to the Smith family and the family of Speedway Motorsports Incorporated. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Fourth of July is all about patriotism and being an American. Well, what's more American than racing at Road America in the heart of the country? To lead us through the history of Road America is one of America's treasures, our very own Kurt Becker. For the second straight year, NASCAR heads to Wisconsin and a visit to Road America for an Independence Day weekend filled with camping, bratwurst, 
and some world-class road course racing at the track nicknamed America's National Park of Speed. While it's only the second year that this track has been home to NASCAR's annual July 4th weekend tradition, the track itself has been a huge part of American road course racing since the 1950s. Road America is located on a 640-acre plot of land near the Kettle Moraine Scenic Drive in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, a town midway between Milwaukee and Green Bay. The first race at Elkhart Lake was held in 1950, but the first race on the course as we know it today took place in 1955. Even though many considered last year's Cup Series race as a first for the track, NASCAR Cup Series drivers actually had raced at Road America in August of 1956 in a race which was won by Tim Flock. Throughout the years, the track has been host to numerous sports car races and champ car events with names like Mario Andretti, Jacques Villeneuve, and Dario Franchitti finding victory lane. But it took over 50 years for NASCAR to make its return. That came when the four-mile, 14-turn course was added to the Xfinity Series schedule in 2010. From that day, some 12 years ago, it was evident that this track, with its features such as elevation changes and the turn known as the kink, would become a favorite stop for NASCAR. Fans turned out in a big way that afternoon and were treated to a fan favorite in Carl Edwards heading to victory lane and celebrating with his signature backflip. That win by Edwards might have been the most popular at the track, at least until Wisconsin native Paul Menard found victory lane in 2015. One final corner separates Paul Menard from victory in his home state of Wisconsin, but he's also got a fuel cell that's drying up. Menard, the leader, he's under power. Blaney is there, two car lengths back. They climb the 60-foot hill for the final time. Paul Menard trying to work his way back to start finish. A matter of feet now as he comes to the line and will score the win. He told us earlier it would be one of the biggest wins of his career to win at a racetrack that meant so much to his childhood, very much like when he won at the Brickyard. Paul Menard wins at his home track of Road America. Many considered Menard's triumph to be an upset. Underdog victories are one of the most thrilling aspects of road racing, and fans were treated to another one in 2017 when Xfinity Series veteran Jeremy Clements took the checkered flag. Up the hill for the final time, Jeremy Clements, the race leader. The RepairableVehicles.com Chevrolet, two lap cars in front of him now. He twitches off the left-hander, slows it down, gets into the brakes, carefully around those lap cars. He's got it now, mashed to the gas as he makes that 90-degree left-hand, right-hand turn for the final time, headed towards start finish. Jeremy Clements comes up the hill. They're losing their minds in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Jeremy Clements comes to the checkered flag. He'll win the Johnsonville 180. It is his first win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 14 years of trying. In recent years, young drivers such as Austin Sendrick and Christopher Bell have developed into road course aces, and they have made the track their playground. Those former NASCAR champions joined a who's who of champions from various series who have won at the track. That list has grown bigger since the IndyCar Series began racing at Elkhart Lake in 2016. In fact, the past two series champions, Scott Dixon and Alex Pillow, won at the track on the way to those titles. All of those moments were huge, but arguably the biggest moment in the history of the track came last summer. The NASCAR Cup Series visited Road America on July 4th, 2021. 
and the fans came out in full force. It's been 23,702 days since the NASCAR Cup Series last race here in Wisconsin at Road America, and that's about to change. Aaron Jones, running back of the Green Bay Packers, puts the green flag in the air, and we're racing at Road America. More than 100,000 fans flocked to the grounds that weekend, and they witnessed a dominant performance by the sport's most popular driver. All alone, nobody around him. Chase Elliott looking to go back into the history books, the new king of road course racing in NASCAR up the hill for the final time. A win at the historic Road America added to the resume of Chase Elliott up the hill. Checkered flag is out. Everybody is on their feet, and Chase Elliott has won here this afternoon in Wisconsin. That was an historic weekend for the sport at a track that itself is rich with history. In fact, Road America's original course was enshrined on the National Register of Historic Places in 2006. And the next chapter of the track's history will be written with another NASCAR Xfinity Cup doubleheader on this July 4th weekend as America celebrates her birthday at the only track on the schedule with America in its name. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, championship winning crew chief Todd Gordon will join us. And later, we'll preview this race weekend. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series is inching closer to the playoffs starting, and if one thing has been consistent this season, it's inconsistency. No one has won more than twice. Big names who you'd expect to score multiple wins haven't. Wins to come for drivers that you thought would win have not come. And we've had four first-time winners. Championship winning crew chief Todd Gordon joins us to talk through the season and what his impressions are. Todd, welcome back to NASCAR Live. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Inconsistency and the consistency of the inconsistency. I know it sounds very tangled up. Well, that's exactly what we're working with right now in the NASCAR Cup Series garage. Would you not agree? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think the one outlier to that piece is, is, is been the one car. I think uh, Ross Chastain and, and that Trackhouse team, especially the one car, they've been more consistent. You know, they've, they've found a way to make themselves into a top 10 car. But outside of them, any of the major organizations, there's there's weeks that, I mean, if you look back at Kansas uh, and and you know, right around there, we thought the Toyotas made a comeback. They figured it out. Then they went to Sonoma, and they really struggled. Um, Joey Logano wins, wins Darlington in a really strong fashion, and the Team Penske goes to Dover and runs 20th. Um, you see this out of every group, and it's it's part of what this new car is. It's it's hard to get a handle on it, and it's hard for these guys and these teams to figure it out. I, I would have thought by this point, uh, 17 races into the season, we we kind of have an ebb and flow and, and something going normal, and it, it doesn't seem like it's ever landed that. I was talking to some of your former colleagues over the weekend, did a lap through the garage, and the question that I had for them is, why are we not seeing that one team jump out in front, and why are we not seeing that one team get multiple wins and pull away? And one of the common themes that I was getting from the garage is everyone is equal, quote-unquote. It's like there's there's a lot of equality across a lot of teams and pit road is determining in some form or fashion who that winner is on that weekend. Would you agree with that assessment of your former colleagues? Yeah, I, I, I think it is. It is valid. When you look at, um, you know, Daniel Suarez, who won a couple weeks ago, but, uh, um, you know, 
they finally put a race together. They've had speed. They've had they've had race winning speed several weekends. That's happened. You know, my former driver Ryan Blaney. They they've had a lot of speed this year. Haven't turned it into a W because um, just not putting the whole package together. And it's everything's more temperamental. The pit stops and one single lug nuts. You're trying to do nine second pit stops now, and we see more mistakes on pit road than we ever have. Um, you know, the, the cars are edgier to drive. You see, you know, Kyle Busch spun out qualifying in, in, in Nashville. And, uh, you know, we've seen that uh, start the season. We're out in California. Kevin Harvick, first lap on the racetrack, ends up in a wall. It's, the, things are tough here. And, you know, we talked about it. Drivers always talk, make it, make, put it in our hands, make it uh, hard to drive. Well, they've got it. And, and we, we reap the rewards from it because it's, it's put on some spectacular races. One of the things that we also have been talking about this year is we're going to tracks for the first time with the next-gen car. We've got three coming up in this stretch run to the playoffs where we're going to return for a second, but the majority of the second returns to these racetracks don't happen until the playoffs begin. Is that a pressure point as well? You're going to take information firsthand from a race that was months ago, maybe in different weather conditions, but then try to assess and then come up with a game plan that you're not sure if it works or not, and you're doing it at the most critical point of the year in a playoff run. What kind of yeah, challenges think, does that present? Yeah, I think uh, I think these three races, you know, Atlanta, Richmond, Daytona, where we get in the regular season to go back to the racetrack again, um, they're all going to be places where you, you see how relevant the notebook is. In, 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 in a lot of years, you, you talk about the notebook – from March to, to November, there's so much time and development in between that. Well, not only that, but it was a brand new car to these guys in March. So the notebooks are pretty pretty basic at that point, and the evolution of the sports come along. But let's see how well they can take those notebooks and, and roll those forward and use that as a as kind of a litmus to test to how you need to look at the, the races that they get to go back to in the playoffs and, and how they can use that notebook and, and learn how they can use that notebook and tweak what they've learned out of the notebook to uh, to apply to where they are today. Chatting with Todd Gordon as we get ready to go to Road America this weekend, we're back on the road course. What kind of challenges does a four-plus-mile road course throw a crew chief's way, a driver's way, a team's way? This weekend should be pretty interesting, pretty spicy. Going to be about 80 degrees. Don't look like that we're going to have a lot of rain, if any, to deal with this weekend. So it's going to be a straight-up run about Road America or around Road America. What challenges are ahead for these teams? Well, there's you know, being a four-plus-mile race race course, fuel mileage, and, and getting your lap counts, there's there's a big penalty to it. And when you look at it, if you if you run out coming to pit road, the climb up is up the hill to pit road. It's, it's one that you looked at in the past that you can't run out there. We'll see where it all plays out with the stages and stuff like that. Um, it's another place that, you know, I was talking to Ryan Blaney earlier this week about this, but with a five-speed sequential gearbox, your shift points are going to be different than what they have been traditionally. Uh, you don't have the gear ratios to play with yourself. You, you've got to kind of specify gear ratios that, that all the teams have. So um, sorting out where shifting is, uh, trying to figure out, you know, where this goes, this will play a little bit like Coda um, in, in that, you know, it'll be it'll be dry and, and Coda had some fall off. Sonoma was a big fall off racetrack. This will be more in that realm of, of what Coda was, but uh, one that you'll carry forward to, to kind of 
learn what you're going to take into Indian Watkins Climb, the two last road courses that are in the regular season. A caution lap is around five minutes. So a caution period is anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. Is it important to keep the driver in the game? Because the pit crew will be if you're coming to pit road. But what about the driver? He's got a lot of time to sit out there and think about things and maybe get a little comfortable because it's more times than not, it's going to take longer to get back racing than what it has in the past. Yeah, definitely a definitely a longer period there. But the drivers stay kind of busy with with trying to you know trying to save a little fuel and what they can do in there. Um, have, you can't communicate. That's one of the challenges of Road America is you have to pick where you want to talk to the driver. It's such a big race course that um, at times back in back in the early days when I went there Xfinity racing, we'd use a repeater to try to make sure that we could hear what was going on the whole racetrack. So um, it does get a little 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 distant and, and lack of communication will transmit through uh, through multiple spotters and try to keep uh, try to keep focused on what's going on. But it, they do a pretty darn good job of, of staying engaged and staying in the game. We appreciate you joining us as always. Appreciate the perspective. We'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Always glad to glad to chat. So thanks for having me on. Championship winning crew chief Todd Gordon joining us. Coming up, we'll preview the holiday race weekend at Road America. And later, it's this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's Jockey Week here on MRN. Race fans, head to jockey.com for a Made in America t-shirt grown and sewn Right here in America, crafting comfort since 1876, there's only one jockey. There's something about NASCAR racing on the 4th of July weekend that gets everyone excited. For the second year in a row, the Cup Series is headed to Road America for America's birthday. Kyle Ricky joins us once again to preview this weekend. A summer chuck full of road course racing continues this weekend for the NASCAR Cup Series as teams head to Wisconsin for the second annual Quick Trip 250 presented by Jockey Made in America. This marks the third road course race of the season and is the first of three in the final nine races before the playoffs begin in September. The last time the Cup Series raced on a road course was just a few weeks ago at Sonoma Raceway in California. Daniel Suarez picked up his first career victory there on top of a strong performance at Coda back in April. The Monterey, Mexico native is starting to be looked at as a favorite heading into every road course race. Suarez says he isn't sure if he should be one of the favorites at Road America, but he feels confident in his chances to win. I don't know, and, and uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I think that at Cota, we were extremely strong, and our car our car broke very early, and, and we had what we had to do to finish the stage and, and survive. But in my opinion, we were very, very strong my opinion even stronger than Sonoma. Uh, in Sonoma we had a very good car, we did a very good job calling the race and, uh, and yeah man it's been it's been good. I, I, I would lie to you if I tell you that I'm not extremely excited about every single road course because I believe that we can win in every single one of them. Uh, we have good good cars, we, I have a very good team behind me, I feel like I have done a good job with it with the with the with the tools that they've been you know, given to me. One of the things that makes Road America unique is the sheer length of the course. It is the longest in NASCAR and clocks in at just over four miles and features 14 turns. Austin Dillon says the course is treacherous 
and features many areas where it is easy to make a mistake. Road America is multiple times where you can mess up in a lap. Um, it is cool to, you know, put together a lap there because you know you you mentally held it together for a long period of time, and um, you you kind of can find speed where a second is not far off at all at Road America. Uh, you can you can figure out a second there, which is pretty cool because not many places we go to you can say that. Dylan's teammate Tyler Reddick is also aware of how difficult the course can be. He says if you mess up just one of the 14 corners, it can ruin a whole lap. No, you, you miss one, you miss up the whole lap. And that's, um, you know, that, that mentality there is how you get yourself in trouble. That's how you end up in the sand trap. You miss turn one, you try and make it up in three, you screw up three even worse, and then you may go down into five and crash or, or crash in Canada corner. So um, that's exactly how I feel like as, a, as an oval driver, you can get yourself in trouble or an oval mentality because you feel like you just make it up the next corner and it, Place like Road America is an arrow, unforgiving racetrack, uh, so it, it doesn't doesn't work there. Kyle Busch agrees with Reddick and points out that one of the biggest reasons why is that a bad corner really hurts the speed you can reach on the long straightaways. The big straightaway corners, it's important. Yeah, like um, you know, missing missing turn three, I think it's called, and then going down the long back there. That's that's important. That's a big deal. Obviously, the last corner, I think it's 13 or 14, coming up the long front straightaway. So um, those can be detrimental to lap time for sure because you're just losing time by the distance in which it takes to get up to speed. So you really want to be strong on those turns. Bush will be looking to have a better run than he has had in the first two road courses this season. The Joe Gibbs Racing driver isn't sure why he has had struggles, but points out that it seems to be a team-wide issue. Yeah, I mean, we struggled at Coda as well too. Um, to be honest with raw speed and, and being able to be good there. You know, in the early stage of the race, I think we were running eighth, we were fading. I got spun out by Chase Elliott while running 12th. You know what I mean? So we weren't great uh, at Coda either, but we were able to get through some of the restarts and get positions on guys to get ourselves up front. Uh, Christopher, I think was third or fourth. I was right with him on the last lap there. Um, and so, you know, felt like with everything that kind of ensued on the last lap, we would have had a shot to run in the top two or three for sure, but um, I would say both road course events so far this year were not our strong suit. And why we missed it, I don't know. If I, if I could answer that, I, we wouldn't struggle. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have been bad. The one thing that the first two road course races of the season have had in common is they have featured first-time winners in Suarez and his Trackhouse Racing teammate, Ross Chastain. Many peg Reddick as the next driver that is ready to break through and get into victory lane. While he didn't grow up racing on them, the Richard Childress racing driver says that road racing has quickly become one of his favorite disciplines. I've grown very fond of road course racing. Um, it's something I didn't do a lot growing up, but the time that I've put into getting better at it, um, I've certainly found that rather quickly it became one of my favorite type of racetracks that we have. And, you know, for us, week in and week out, road courses that we go to, you know, we normally have the most speed of road courses. So it's quickly becoming one of my favorite types of racetracks that we have. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, never, uh, it's never a problem to memorize all those corners because it's a lot of fun when we go to Road America or these other road courses. A win that would be huge for Reddick as he has fallen more than 60 points below the playoff bubble. A playoff spot, playoff points in the jumbled standings, and the glory of winning on Independence Day weekend are all on the line this weekend in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Susie Armstrong returns for This Week in NASCAR History. 
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, how about a little this week in NASCAR history with our very own Susie Armstrong. Thank you, sir. 1987, Whitney Houston sashayed to the top of the charts with the classic anthem, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Fans mourn the passing of American stage and screen icon Fred Astaire. Rick Moranis and Bill Pullman star in the Mel Brooks cult classic parody Spaceballs. And Dale Earnhardt wasn't joking in the Irish Hills, driving the Wrangler Chevrolet to a dominating victory in the Miller American 400 at Michigan Speedway. Closes in to within three car lengths in turn number three. Looks to the outside of Earnhardt. Earnhardt's down low. Here comes Allison up on the banking in turn four. Davy goes way high, too high in fact. Now he has to try and come back to the inside. That move up the banking is going to cost him. He was having the momentum there, but he couldn't keep the car down low. Earnhardt will win. Davy Allison is three car lengths back. Five more back to Kyle Petty, who finishes the third. 1995, Alanis Morissette was a hit machine, rolling out her third studio album, Jagged Little Pill, featuring chart toppers You Oughta Know, Hand in My Pocket, and Ironic. Val Kilmer donned a cape and cowl, taking on Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, a.k.a. Riddler and Two-Face, in Batman Forever. And Jeff Gordon was a superhero on the high banks, flying to the win in the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway. Earnhardt tries to go to the inside. Marlon makes a run on him. Put Marlon in a drag race with Earnhardt for second. Marlon up to the top of the banking. He'll grab the second position, but not for long. Here comes Dale Earnhardt. But as those two men scramble side by side, Jeff Gordon races back to the checkered flag. Gordon pulls away by a car length and a half, maybe two. They'll scramble behind him. Earnhardt looks to the inside of Marlon. Jeff Gordon wins for the fourth time this year. 2008, ex-gospel singer Katy Perry promptly popped to the top of the Billboard Hot 100 with her major label album debut, One for the Boys, and the hit single, I Kissed a Girl. Bill Gates rebooted his career, stepping down as chairman of Microsoft to focus on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And Kurt Busch wasn't feeling too charitable in the Granite State, coveting the lead through the final restart to win the Lennox Industrial Tools 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway.
going to go for it. So far, no rain. And here we go. Pace cars hit the pit lane. Kurt Busch shows the way up off turn number four, waiting for the green to go up in the air. He's on the gas with Michael Waltrip lined up behind him. J.J. Yaley, Martin Truex, and Elliott Sadler all staying out, not making that stop on pit lane. Kurt Busch trying to clear the lap machine of Robbie Gordon. First to the inside line. He'll get it done in turn number one. Michael Waltrip unable to do so. Going to fall in line behind Robbie Gordon. NASCAR has pulled the plug. It's all over. Kurt Busch scores the win here today. Again, a call on pit road made all the difference. Mother Nature helped out a little bit. And Kurt Busch wins the Lennox Industrial Tools 301. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd like to thank Ross Jastain for joining us on today's show. Also, our thanks to Todd Gordon for joining us. On behalf of the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you as well for joining us, and we'll catch up with you next week right here again on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com.